Let's get ready to shift our shit with the SOS podcast featuring Megan Bartley and Rob Giltner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another live and in-person, live and direct yes. episode of SOS. I'm Rob, as always, joined by Megan. Megan, if today was an exotic place for you, what place would it be? Hmm. That's interesting. A few places just rolled through my mind. I don't know if I could set on one. It would be like Egypt, the, the pyramids mm. in Cairo, Egypt, which I've actually been to. Very mm -hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, let's go with that. How about for you? Yeah, mine is probably, I think, like the snowy mountains, like in Utah or Colorado, I think would, would be today. Um, but excellent. But I know, speaking of places, and you're going places, you wow. kind of have exciting news that- Super uh, exciting uh, news. Yes. Yeah, why don't you share, share with us that? So uh, my second book, Reset, is now available on Amazon. And this is the curriculum uh, that I use for the retreat in Napa Valley. And I swore that if I ever wrote sort of this self-help type book, it would only set people up for success. So no, this is not going to set you up for failure. So no matter how you use this book, you win. So if you buy the book and you just have it on your shelf, it's a winner. If you buy the book and you read a few pages, you've won. But it's really more of a guided um, journaling process to help you process through uh, some things. Uh, the idea of resetting and why it can be helpful at the beginning of the year. Um, it's just the kind of, you know, it, it, it's six powerful exercises to refocus your attention on what works and release what doesn't. So um, we look at the past year and things you did or didn't do. Uh, we look at where you want to be a year from now uh, so that you have a clear sort of focus or um, you, you can see a path, if you will. You might not know how you're going to get there, but you know where your destination is. Uh, we focus on understanding where you're at right now and what you might need to let go of or what you might need some more of. There's gratitude exercise and then um, some affirmations as well. And then there's a whole 12 week uh, wow. daily and weekly journaling if you want to do that to kind of keep you focused on what I call the, your theme for the year. So um, developing a theme for the year. So and then at the retreat, we actually make these bracelets um, that we put our theme on the bracelet so people can be reminded of their theme every day throughout the year. And that's got so helpful in a lot of ways. One, just the ability to reset and but like tangible tools. We talked about that last time and you have those six and yes. I'll, I'll make I'll make a little play. I didn't know you're bringing this up today, but I have oh. this actual here. What? Uh, you for your last retreat, you gave us yes. a little book, and I um, have actually kind of found, like you, you know, have written in it yes. and, as well. And I feel, find it helpful to come back to, and sometimes I actually journal with it. Uh, and so, yeah, I kind of do have awesome. done a lot of good things. things. You, so, uh, it, it. Did you have a theme last year? You know, I, let me see what my theme was. I can't remember. Oh. I, so I know we we're having a baby, <laughs> so it's probably around that. Oh. Yes. But that's, you know, 
not for maybe showing me where my head's at. I, yeah, sure, that's okay. I remember, but I, yeah, I would, I would imagine that it worked. But also, gosh, how? Speaking of maybe just imagining and maybe talking about gratitude, which we've also talked about, how gratifying is it for you to? This is something that you wanted to done. You set your mind to it, and you accomplished it. And yes, um, be well, able to feel that way. Yes, and I think you know we talked about celebrations uh, two episodes ago, and. I've really been able uh, um, just to be in a celebratory mode. I'm, you know, still got a few things in the hopper that need to get done, but when things are, you know, happening, it's fun to celebrate. And actually, speaking of celebrations, I celebrated a friend um, last night who was wrapping up his MBA mm-hmm. and met a bunch of his friends, and like, it was just neat to like connect with people you know, and have that celebration of celebrating a person and then seeing other people celebrate the person and and just like the common positive energy. And I don't know, it's just really neat. So I've definitely been in a celebratory mood. Oh, good. And as you should be. And it's a good time of year to be celebrating. And I just found, and it was funny because there's a journal page on just focusing like on your theme, like how do you want to plan and focus? And it was so funny because a lot of these these things happened and it was about creation that was kind of the theme like creating at the time you know we created a new life i had to create this nursery um I had to create other things to bring maybe more security kind of for the family and went through it and uh, it's you know weird now looking back on it to see you know a lot of it has happened you know some more specific than others but so yeah i think that would be so helpful uh, but also kind of moving toward what we're talking about today yes celebrating because you had uh, we got this theme maybe that we're talking about today through an exciting event so do you want to talk yes. about that yes so we had um naila spencer from whas came uh, and interviewed me she is with great day live uh whas and we are going to be uh on their new year new me episode january 3rd at 9 a.m whas with claudia copy and um yeah so naila interviewed me but we were asking her she's a loyal podcast listener to us and so um i we asked her if she could have us speak about anything what what would she have us speak about so she said uh you know work-life balance and this idea of the hustle culture which i think is really interesting because i actually listened to another podcast about that recently that I'm excited to share some of what I learned on that podcast as well. Yeah. And I'm really glad that she brought that up because it's something, and especially now, this is kind of like blowing my mind a little bit, looking back on what my theme was the previous year with kind of the journaling um, kind of workbook you kind of gave me. Um, And my theme this year would be very different because this work-life balance really just hustle culture um, I feel like I'm kind of in, and I feel like there's stages of it. And what I mean by stages, sometimes you know, I work with couples and individuals who struggle with addiction, and sometimes we go through stages, like we go through a stage of, of, of a pink cloud where everything's great, I got this, I'm feeling good. And the next stage after that sometimes is a wall. And that's what I feel like for me. So ever since that I've had this, you know, my, 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 my new son, who's just about five months now, it, it like it changed me in a big way in a multiple ways. But one way was like 
I got to provide, I got to do this. I got to work. I got to like, you know, get your shit together. <laughs> uh, and, and so for the first like three or four months I did, and I was, you know, multitasking. I was, you know, I would with, with clients and then other businesses. I was trying to get everything down and hustle as hard as I can <clears throat> and didn't have much of a work-life balance, but it was following that like meaning of, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what I need to be doing right now because I have this son. Yeah. And you know what? I was in that pink cloud. I was feeling, you know, I was just having good vibrations. And it was just like, gosh, I'm doing something. I'm doing great. I'm working hard. And I <clears throat> appreciate myself working hard. And I'm, a, I'm hustling. I'm hustling real hard. And now I feel like I've gotten into that wall stage where yeah, it, it feels like much more of a grind. And I am not balancing things as hard or it's as well as I was where a lot of my energy is going into one direction. One might get wobbly. So I come back and I'm trying to balance these plates, like the spinning plates on the hands and it's uh, taxing. So now I'm sleeping less and worrying about it more. And then here comes like what I think what happens within the hustle culture is the like maybe shame or guilt. Like, gosh, I'm not, you know, we have this whole culture. We have to hustle and I'm not doing that as well as I was you know, what's wrong with me? And I feel bad kind of about that. And I keep comparing it to maybe that pink cloud stage of, I need to get back to that with now maybe thinking, gosh, it's not so much sustainable. And so thinking of now themes, I'm like, gosh, my new theme shouldn't be creation this next year. It might need to be something along the lines of like slowing down and focusing on the quality and not quantity of just everything in the life. So yeah. The, the balance is hard and it changes and goes back and forth. But uh, I, I'm really because that's something I'm going through right now. So I really like the subject we're talking about today. And do you have any thoughts yeah. on that? Well, you know, I feel, you know, I, we moved here eight and a half years ago back to <clears throat> Louisville. And I feel like I've been hustling ever since. And I I'm not a workaholic. So it's not like I can't stop and take a break. Like I, I do that really, really well. But I love what I'm doing so much that sometimes it's just exciting. It's like, okay, oh, I get to do this thing. I definitely need breaks. So, you know, I try to turn everything off over the weekend or by a certain time every day, you know, like six or seven o'clock at night, you know, I don't check my emails or whatever for work. Um, but I'm, I feel like I'm at the place where, man, for eight and a half years, I have kind of been just grinding to build this business and the mindfulness center and write the books and do the podcast and, you know, have online classes and do the retreat. And, you know, I'm just doing, doing, doing all this stuff. And I love it all. It's fun. And, you know, the, one of the things I set out to do, and I do this every year where I sort of write out, you know, how I imagine the year is going to go and where I'm going to be at the end of the year. So that's kind of how this um, exercise came about. And one of the things I started with eight and a half years ago was this sort of intention that work would be fun hmm. and it would be easy, you know, so the, the feeling of it. So I never feel like I, I don't enjoy myself, you know, because it's sort of like I'm focusing on the things that feel fun and easy and light and, um, you know, it feels like it's feeding my soul, you know, and some people look at me and be like, 
I can't believe you, you know, you do this and you like doing that stuff, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I totally love it. You know, like uh, the business side of being a therapist to me is just fascinating. And, um, you know, the books have come like very naturally. They haven't been forced, you know, it just sort of came out of my own need for, um, you know, these sort of things. So it doesn't, always feel like work it feels kind of like play and if people have been following along they know that I'm you know recovering perfectionist I would say I'm still a pretty serious person you know uh, but I think I'm better able to have fun now and so if I can do the things like if work feels like play to me then I'm never feeling like it's a daunting sort of you know, oh, I have to do this thing or whatever. So I don't know. I, I just I've noticed, you know, that, you know, so much of success is about being intentional about what it means to be successful or what, it, you know, what are you going for? You know, what's what do you want the end result to be? And for me, I figure, you know, it might, you know, so for some people, it might be like a um, you know, X amount of money or, you know, a thing like, you know, we're going to, you know, buy a house or get a new car or something. And I've focused mostly on how it feels. Now, I will say, <laughs> you know, this this coming year, part of what I would like to do, you know, I've, I've reinvested a lot of my salary into building the business. And so this year, my goal is to actually take a salary, which is will be new for me. And, you know, I think, you know, I have a interesting sort of weird relationship with money. I and mean, we were talking about work, and usually that involves like earning money. Um, and I imagine that, you know, maybe other people have, you know, interesting stories around money and what money means. And, you know, as a as a Reiki master, you know, money is is just energy. And so, you know, maybe we assign certain limiting beliefs to money or earning money or having money or not having money. And so um, that's definitely one thing I'm sort of working out myself to shift my shit around, you know, how I celebrate my successes is like, now, Megan, you, you, you need to take a salary, you need to take, you know, a chunk of money, you know, that, that you can, you know, go on a nice vacation. And, you know, we desperately need some plumbing redone in our house. And just, you know, like that kind of stuff that you're like, I'm not looking for anything super fancy, you know, it's just, um, you know, just, I think, honoring myself, and valuing myself by now, you know, changing, shifting my relationship with money. So mm -hmm. anyway, and it sounds, it sounds like a good balance between work and life. And I think we should have a whole episode dedicated on the relationship with money. Is that, that sounds great. A, yes. Yeah. That sounds like a great, a great kind of topic. Yes. And well, like, it, yeah. So go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, you know, what might you suggest, and this is a loaded question, but what might you suggest somebody if they're coming in to your office and sitting down and saying, gosh, I'm really struggling with work-life balance because it's easy to struggle. It's easy to get off balance within that. And so what might you suggest yes. to them? Well, you know, this is this is actually one of my specialties, uh, you know, where for people, especially entrepreneurs who 
don't necessarily need therapy, but they need some coaching around setting good boundaries and finding that work-life balance because as entrepreneurs, you know, especially, or even people who are in high, high upper, you know, C-suite positions or whatever, that they're sort of like, you know, how do I turn this off? How do I, how do I um, have good boundaries with this? And I don't know, you know, what's interesting is maybe we don't actually turn it off, but we kind of trust that right now we don't need to pay attention to it, you know, like that it's going to sort of take care of itself. Um, and a lot of times I hear, you know, well, my spouse doesn't like that I'm on my phone checking my work email or posting a social media thing or whatever. And so, you know, how do you wrap up whatever you need to do before you get home? Maybe you put a phone in a drawer for an hour during dinner or during, you know, spending time with kids or spouse that you don't check the phone. You know, part of this is putting boundaries uh, around that for yourself and that maybe you, you know, give yourself an X amount of time at some point in the evening that your spouse or partner already know already knows like, oh, they're going to check their email one last time between seven and seven thirty or whatever so that you can but you know I think I feel like in you know we're in Louisville Kentucky and I feel like Louisville has a pretty good um, culture around valuing family and family time so I think also when you know if, if you're used to people calling you or you can send like a um, email response like auto response that just say hey, I'm not answering my phone between the hours of X and X, uh, you know, because most people are usually not in a job where like it's an emergency situation that has to get handled right away. I mean, some people are, uh, and that's, you know, usually maybe something you're contracted into with your job, but, um, you know, just being able to set good boundaries for yourself because you need a balance. Like, you know, we go back to that episode we did that we talked about flow. And if you're always on, you know, are you ever gonna hit that state of flow if you don't have some balance and rest, mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, I think, um, you know, the idea of resting, you have to have rest within productivity, you know, like to really hit that state of flow. What's your thought on that? Well, yeah, and I, it's funny you mentioned flow because when you were talking about enjoying what you do, like your work, that creates so much flow. Flow, like the state of mind that you actually need in order to be in it is enjoyment or like the fun of it. Because what can get us out of flow is like just noticing and feeling like this is a grind. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I totally um, agree with that of, of kind of finding it. I, one thing while you also describing it made me think of one of my favorite mindfulness quotes, and that is that you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And so that is true in a number of different things, like with our thoughts, like we can't stop our thoughts, but we can learn to surf. But but then also things external like work. And so people with like the email sending us or the calls. My wife worked for uh, an organization a couple of years ago that it was almost expected that when you come home, you're still working and work-life balance was hard. And so how to 
you can't control who emails you or who sends you like, Hey, I need it. I need this or that, but we can kind of learn to surf. And part of maybe learning to surf is saying, gosh, I'm going to put my phone away at dinner in a drawer, or I'm going to set my personal boundary here. or I'm going to, you know, do whatever might work, work with some individual. And so, yeah, that's my thought. And uh, because, yeah, we can't control maybe what others do or even what the job requires at times, but maybe we can learn to serve. Exactly. Well, and I want to plug um, Trisha Hersey. I'm going to, this is another, a book. Uh, her book is called Rest is Resistance. And, um, you know, it is sort of this idea of how we resist resting. Um, she was a guest on Glennon Doyle's podcast that I listened to, and it is phenomenal. I highly suggest listening to that episode. Uh, Glennon Doyle had Trisha Hersey on, and she has a thing called the Napping Ministry, mm-hmm. and um, she's a spiritual leader, a very interesting person has done a lot of research on the grind culture and how, you know, the roots of capitalism and all this, you know, what's to be expected. And it just was really fascinating. And, um, you know, the idea of just taking a rest, um, whether you're actually napping and falling asleep, or you just are allowing yourself some downtime to just sort of settle into, you know, let everything settle, you know, because I know people, you know, when you're grinding, you're just like the energy is this this like frenetic energy, or you feel like you're the hamster on the hamster wheel that's just constantly running. Um, So for some people, resting is kind of scary, because when we rest, sometimes, you know, you think about at the end of the day, when you go to lay down, and then your mind just is like, what about this? What about this? What about this? You got to remember that? What about for tomorrow and this all the stuff? And so, you know, being able to be okay, with the rest and slowing down and making it I think, you know, part of the productivity, you know, is also to rest, because otherwise, Mm -hmm. I think you, you, are going to grind to a halt and you, you know, I've, I've had like, you know, physical symptoms of, you know, stress and, you know, all the different things of just doing too much um, and needing to be restful and purposeful, you know, intentional about the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and how, you know, again, what would you say, because I, I think of like the hustle culture, like the culture that we can kind of almost attracts people to adopt that, that the culture in a way that it's almost like a magnet and that kind of comparisons come into a big component of it. So if I want to be, and, I, and it's where I see it a lot, so maybe this is my bias, but like if I want to be an influencer, if I want to do something within social media, and I see the people who are already doing it, maybe doing it well, they have like, they're part of hustle culture, maybe. And so then I have to feel like, oh, then I have to adopt that. And then ha- that's hard on me. And there's this kind of confliction or it's conflicting maybe internally that like, gosh, this is goal I have, but I'm, maybe I'm experiencing loss of self going to it. And so how do we maybe find that balance or maybe even weigh like the opportunity cost of it as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to know, I think part of this is what's the point of the hustle, you know, like what's your, what's your end game, you know, like, what are you going for? And I think, you know, I, I think 
there's been times, I say probably younger in, you know, 20s, maybe even early 30s, where, you know, I was grinding without really knowing why I was grinding, you know, like, I've never been a super like money focused person of like, I got to make a lot of money. Like that was never sort of my focus. But being a therapist, it was like, oh, I want to help a lot of people. I want to, you know, you know, there's different uh, definitions. Everybody has their own definition of success. So, um, you know, how, how you define that and staying focused on sort of what's the end goal? Is it, it, and there might be multiple um, goals, you know, do you want to be famous or widely known as an influencer? And then that, will that lead to, you know, earning money and, um, you know, all the different things of, or do you want to be the best in your field or you want to, you know, get to a certain level in a corporation, you know, um, mm -hmm. and see if that's working for you at the time that you're doing it. And what's interesting, I was just having this conversation about kind of when you hit the forties and the fifties, you hit this sort of like, I call it the fuck it forties where you're just <laughs> sort of like, you know, I, you've, you've been in this grind for like 20 years, you know, out of college, you know, work, working on your career, you may be looking for your maybe life partner, having kids doing all these things. And you get to this point where you're like, you've accomplished maybe everything you set out to accomplish. And now you're sort of like, I'm exhausted. And I don't know if I want to keep doing it this way. So you're in a state of reevaluation is if do I want to do, you know, the next 40 or 50 years, the same way I've done the past 40 or 50 years. So sometimes people are just hitting the wall, hitting a wall of like, well, I've, I've done everything I set out to do now what, you know, mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's an interesting place to be. One piece that I, you know, I would answer that question with too, that I asked and come back to, you know, our podcast we have, which, which you say so well, and, and it has really helped me, um, especially like the, and being imperfectly imperfect or what's, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, and that is helpful so much because I'm, you know, talking about myself, starting a business that you know called like perform trance and yep. unlike you i'm very jealous of this ability but it's probably i have add and it probably comes <laughs> with my, my add but like sitting down and trying to do things like organize a, a website or if something is malfunctioning or um doing like kind of the nuts and bolts work of the business is such a grind to me and it's a grind because i don't enjoy that i really enjoy and have fun is like the, the interacting kind of with clients and seeing that and actually doing that kind of like the art so like starting and running a business is very very a grind and a challenge to me and that is what i'm kind of realizing kind of maybe withdraws the most emotional energy because it can really do that if i feel like it has to be perfect yeah and i remember talking with you or something about the website and i kept saying i got to do this or change that and you're kind of like, well, you know, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to do that right now. It's, you know, it's kind of good way it is. And so just trying to keep to say like one, like figure out how to do it a way that that works and works for me, but then being okay with being perfectly imperfect is a way to take that grind that kind of maybe creates this withdrawal of energy and it's so heavy and it makes it a little lighter. 
Yes. And so that that's one piece of like, you know, changing our relationship with it in a way and taking off the rigidity that we might put onto it. Is that kind of what, yeah, what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, what's funny is, so I self-published this book on Amazon and I, you can, as the author, you can, you can request a draft copy. Well, the draft copy came and it got stuck in our work email and the key is not working. So I never was able to see the draft uh, copy and I couldn't order another one. Somehow I was not able. So I just was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to publish it. and It's going to be as good as it's going to be. And there is a very clear um, faux pas in, you know, if anybody can find it, I don't know, maybe you'll win a a special treat. And, you know, but this is me like, and my failure bow or like celebrating my perfectly imperfect. It's not the biggest of deals, but it's definitely like, ah, well, shit, you know, there's that, you know, and Mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago, I would have been mortified, you know, like just embarrassed, like, oh gosh, like I can't believe, you know, this is not exactly perfect or how I want it to be, but it feels so much more freeing to kind of just not care because the reality is we're making all this shit up as we go. Like nobody's Mm -hmm. got the, you know, edge on life. And, you know, I mean, we learn from other people. We learn from people who've gone before us and they've done things a certain way that have worked for them. But that doesn't mean that that way is going to work for us. You know, like Mm -hmm. part of this is we have to be true to ourselves and understanding what we're needing in the moment. And, you know, I think, you know, it, it just perfectly imperfect. I mean, just owning, owning the fact that it's, it can, it just be good enough. And, and then because I know when I would overthink things, you know, years ago with videos or content on a website and you're just like, is my grammar correct? Like, I'm not a grammar person, you know, like I'm just going to type this as I speak it. And so it's just going to come out however it comes out. And like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I remember one client once said, hey, you know, on your website, it does, it, it's supposed to say meditation, but it says mediation. Like I had, mm-hmm. you know, misspell something. I was like, well, there's that, you know, thanks for letting <laughs> me know. I'll go in and fix it. But it wasn't like, this huge failure, you know, like it was just me embracing being human. Like I, I, I did the perfection thing for way too long. And that was a huge loss of self. I feel way more comfortable in my skin now of like for be, being forgiving with myself. And I'm less critical of myself, which makes me also less critical of others because I'm like, oh, I make mistakes. You make mistakes, you know, like that's how life goes. And let's just surf on the wave of whatever Mm -hmm. the ocean's bringing us, you know? Yeah, very much so. And uh, so relatable and talking a lot about myself uh, this episode, but hopefully then that makes it relatable to others. But a long time ago when I uh, made just my own website for like personal therapy, uh, I, you know, posted it, sent it out. I was like, okay, here we go. And I had a friend uh, message me and saying just hey like i'm really particular about these things and here's all the errors grammatically on your website and i remember i was actually out to dinner with my wife and my sister and just the like panic that ensued and i didn't handle it well 
So I got out all my phone, which you can't really edit it much on the website. And I'm trying to fix it all on my phone right then or there. Cause it's like, Oh, it has to be, it has to be this way. And it put me kind of in a panic and, you know, I you know, wasn't present. So I didn't get to enjoy really the time at dinner. And so yeah. that, yeah, how much better, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to go down the shoulds, but just how right. a, a great and free of freeing it would be just to say, well, you know, that's, it is what it is and it's out there. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to enable me not to do good work, but like, yeah, for in this case and like what you're talking about, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what it is. And maybe I'll get to it when I get to it, but that's, you know, hey, it's, there right. it is. Well, and it goes back, you know, again, I'm probably beating, beating, a, you know, this to death is like, uh, you know, it's all about the intention. You know, if our intention mm -hmm. is pure or our intention is positive, you know, like this, there is, you know, the error I have in this book, it really doesn't matter. It's not hurting anyone. It's not, nobody's in the hospital, nobody's bleeding to death, you know, which are kind of my three things of like, is this something I need to panic about, you know? Um, so, and even in those situations, do I really need to panic about it? Or is it more important for me to kind of stay calm and, you know, stay focused? So I think, you know, the, the mindfulness piece of just paying attention to what's happening in the moment, right? Like our minds are meant to wander. So when you have that, like, rush of emotion that like spark of like oh shit you know the panic it's like are you going to feed the panic and then go down mm. that rabbit hole and then get you know spiraled downwards or you have that rush of like oh shit like here i did that thing and it's like okay you know I, can i be okay with this like how can i make this sort of an okay thing or is there a way to easily, you know, repair it or not, you know, like, um, which is a nice feeling. This is a new feeling for me. So I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. loving it and trying to just feed it as much as possible because I've, you know, I've been a fairly anxious person. I've known myself to be pretty anxious. Um, but I feel like that's, you know, through COVID and getting through all that, there's been just sort of a settling of things. And that feels nice. You know, it feels mm -hmm. nice to not feel like I'm constantly like, you know, sure. putting out fires, you know, like, or looking for the thing I did wrong or whatever, you know, it's just like, well, shit. Okay. There's mm -hmm. that, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a process. It's not something, you know, that just happens overnight. You know, it's something right. I've been diligently working on and, you know, going to my own therapist or doing, you know, having Reiki done to me or, you know, all these different things um, to help me and my mindset shift. Um, and, and shifting your shit, shifting my shit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. owning, owning when I'm not, perfect because that's often or when I mess up or I didn't do something, you know, as well that, as I could have done, but also feeling like, you know, my intention as a person is, is for kindness, is for compassion, is for, you know, you know, finding peace within myself and how do I spread that peace to others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that if I'm accomplishing those goals and then I just, you know, make a, 
error on my website or you misspell something or do something, it's hopefully not the end of the world. And people hopefully will then be forgiving of me, you know, like, right. I think there's a modeling and that sort of mirror neuron effect that's happening of like, if I show up a certain way with people, um, you know, or on the website or, you know, on the podcast or whatever, I'm, I'm trusting that maybe people will also show up that way with me instead of, you know, judgmental or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Which I think that is just so important and maybe a big positive antidote to the hustle culture. You know, it's so important, like getting like Google reviews or Yelp reviews or like, trip, like you know, it's so important to have, you know, kind of five star. And if someone has like a maybe a minor hiccup, you people can um, who maybe are part of hustle culture, I'm wondering, can then really make it not safe to have kind of a mistake because them themselves, maybe someone has not made it a mistake to them. And it's kind of like, it's all been kind of passed along. And so then we kind of project our rigidity kind of onto others. And so, yeah, hopefully that you, by doing that with that individual about the book or the website is kind of modeling for others, then yeah, it's, well, it's okay. You know, it's yeah. all right. Now, yeah, wouldn't want a doctor to, you know, who's doing heart <laughs> surgery to make a mistake, but. But it, but like but like you said, it's like not life or death. It's not someone's not bleeding, someone's not this. So these um, acceptance should have like a maybe larger bubble than maybe what we're having right. it right now, which maybe in the hustle culture is not a lot, not right. anything. Right. Well, and I even remember speaking of like five star stuff. I remember when we got one of our first like one star reviews online, and oh, I think we've had a few and. And I read them and I was like, it was someone, you know, one person had was upset with us because we didn't return a call like pretty immediately, um, but it was over Derby week. And it was sort of like, man, everything shut down over Derby week. Right. So, you know, that there's that like immediate sort of like panic of like, oh my gosh, this feeling of somebody doesn't like me or somebody, you know, what are other people gonna think if they read that review or whatever. And then I, you know, kind of process it with some people. And it was like, you know, well, you know, if somebody's leaving, a, have never in my life left a one star review, you know, no. or, you know, or like not left a tip or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. So it's almost, you know, this flipping this switch or, you know, changing the perspective, which is something that we do a lot at the mindfulness center is like, you know, seeing the rainbow of options of like, well, maybe this person was in a certain headspace, or maybe this is right. this person's personality. And, you know, if, when people go to read reviews, you know, when you see the one star review, you know, do you kind of take it with a grain of salt of like, hmm, I wonder what is up with the person who's writing this review? Um, you know, and where they were at in that moment and they were just kind of taking their anger or frustration out on us or whatever, you know, so, but I just, I remember having those and just being like panicked, you know, like, you know, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And I think that's another thing, you know, of like kind of letting go of, you know, if I'm just being true to myself and I'm living life out of, you know, a positive intention and I'm, you know, I'm happy to own when I've made a mistake or I've done something that's not helpful or even hurtful. Um, and I'm trying, 
trying my best, you know, like I'm perfectly imperfect. And so, you know, if somebody doesn't gel with that, is that really about me or is that right. more about them? You know, is and I've been trying to live by an idea of like other people's opinion of me is none of my business, you know, or whatever. But mm -hmm. when you're in, when you have run a business or you're in like, you know, the public or whatever, you do want to have a positive oh, impact. Sure. But I think, you know, I like the idea of that coming from an authentic place of like, this is who I am. I'm just trying to be real. There's nothing, you know, I, I feel like I've been pretty vulnerable one on this podcast or, you know, uh, with people who know me or get to know me, I hope that I show up like a real person and not like some sort of facade of, you know, how I think I want people to see me, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. You know? It does. And, and really, you know, some people just like to complain. And so if you go on Twitter, that's what just people just a lot of people just want to do. They just want to complain something to get you know, kind of riled up about, but that's, you know, it's, it's so true and helpful. And again, kind of creating more acceptance that kind of within yourself and fluidity that it's, if someone leaves one bad review, it's not like the end of the world. Like we can make it that gosh, they don't like it. Everything's going to fall apart or whatever might be kind of going on in our mind. Yeah. So I, I just, I think this is such an important topic. Um, and I know we're running low on time. And so mm -hmm. I'll just ask real quick, anything else about this, Megan, you feel like would be helpful for the listeners to to know? No, I, you know, I think just, you know, I'm, I'm shamelessly plugging my book again of like, you know, go into the new year intentionally, you know, the book reset uh, by Megan B. Bartley, you can <laughs> Google it on uh, Amazon. And, you know, it, it is, you know, this, these exercises came out of years of developing worksheets and different things that clients were needing at the time, or, you know, I ran sort of these mindfulness classes and, you know, kind of mastermind groups of, you know, how to help people get where they wanted to go. You know, if they were like, okay, I really want it. This is what I want to accomplish this year, or it could be what ends up happening, funnily, is with these exercises is that people will set an intention. And, you know, I like to think of it as, as a year long process so that you're kind of steeping in this. But like sometimes you accomplish the goal fairly quickly, you know, like mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before of like, um, you know, one one year, uh, one of our uh, friends and participants, he was like, I want a fun house or a, a cool house or something. And like, you know, within the month or two, she found this house of her dreams, you know, so it's almost like when you get the clarity and the focus of what it is you're going for, it doesn't matter sort of how you get there, you know, and if you mm -hmm. give yourself a year, we don't know if it's going to take a year, it could take six months, it could take three months, it could take a week, you know, or, uh, you know, it, it just is interesting. And so I, another thing with this is, I told my husband, I'm not quite 50, but I'm getting close. And so I was like, for my 50th birthday, I'd really like to go to Paris. I've never been to Paris. You know, there's just something about that. It's like, you know, it just seems like one of those places, you know, I, I would like to go to. And this year, like coming up 2023, I've had multiple invitations wow. by people to go to Paris, you know, and I'm just like, holy holy crap, like, am I going to go multiple times? Am I going to go once? Like, am I going to choose one of these, you know, and, um, you know, to kind of piggyback on somebody else's trip with them. 
So it's just interesting how, you know, you set this intention of this is something in my future that I'd like to do. And it, you know, maybe happens sooner than you, you wanted it to. So great, great book, however you decide to use it. Um, and, uh, you know, most of us need a little reset, you know, it's not like we need a whole new mm -hmm. overhaul or whatever, but just kind of resetting our thoughts, resetting our mm -hmm. intentions, getting focused on the year. And then uh, January 3rd, watch us on WHAS mm -hmm. uh, in Kentucky or Southern Indiana, uh, 9 a.m., Great Day Live, the uh, New Year, New Me episode. You can check me out on there. And Lemon Drop was with us. And you may even see if you can catch a glimpse of Rob somewhere in. <laughs> yeah, the, the back of my head. I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the new year and all that is coming up and, you know, anybody who's out there who wants to support us, you know, like that's, I've been thinking a lot about like small business, you know, supporting people in small business. And if you know somebody who's written a book, go and buy their book. Like that is just such an easy way to sort of show your support of them. You know, like I've bought some really random books that I might never read, but I know the people who've written them. And it's just like one of those easy things that you can do to show your support. Um, you know, if you do read their book, write a review wherever you, yeah. you know, bought it from, because that helps. I mean, that just helps them. And so that's one of those mindful sort of compassionate things that, you know, can be really helpful uh, to support you know, small businesses, support your friends, family, all that stuff. So, uh, and, you know, they might not have to grind so hard in the future with the grind culture. <laughs> Amen. And that that's such a great thing to do. Have a friend that's written a book. That's a great way to yeah. support us. Buy it and really, yeah, really leave a review. Yeah. A positive review. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've bought books, you know, a friend who's a realtor who wrote books on, you know, buying houses or staging houses. And, you know, I bought all her books. And then I have a friend who uh, did a coloring book for like Black Girls Heal coloring book. And I bought her book. And I, I just, you know, I think that's so important. So if, you know, you see that out there, you know, support your friends. I'd love for you to read my book and give me some feedback. And hopefully it's five stars. But if it's not, I'll accept whatever you want to give me. Well, there you go. I'm sure it'll be five stars. Well, and Meg, so congratulations, Megan. And you. you can find you find the book on Amazon. And again, check us out on WHAS uh, January 3rd. Yep. And Megan, thank you for joining us. This is a big topic. Uh, and maybe it's especially too hustle culture might increase and might be tough to have a work life balance in, in January because that's when a lot of people might set their intentions to work. So this is great to maybe um, discuss to the end of the new year. Yeah. Or the end of the year. Well, and the one thing I want to put into people's mind is maybe you don't start all your new things in January because we're still in the middle of winter. And so yeah. I think energetically, you're still sort of in this hibernation mode of like all the things are happening under the surface, right? Of like the prep prep for spring. So I think a lot of new things happen or could happen in March. So maybe uh, you don't have to like start your new healthy eating in January. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, 
right. something to think about. You know, it's like when the spring happens and you're thawing and the, you know, things are starting to bloom and all those things it's sort of more when energetically, I think nature is showing us it's time for something new. Mm -hmm. I like that. Again, that's more flexible and being more open. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't all have to be started in January. Yep. Well, Meg, thank you. And thank you everybody yeah. for listening. And maybe we'll have, uh, we'll see, but a fun episode next week. We'll see. Okay. Right, thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye.